Welcome to Addicted to Busy, the podcast specifically for overachieving property managers who are dying for a little more work-life balance in their lives. Each week, we dismantle all the BS that holds us back. You'll learn how to nix those tricky, self-sabotaging habits so that you have the time, energy, and motivation to create what you really want in life. If you're looking to shift from overcommitted to overjoyed, this is the podcast for you. Let's do this. Now, your host, Anna Havalyana. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Addicted to Busy. If you've been a listener of this podcast, you have definitely heard me brag about my girlfriends from time to time. And I don't mean to do this in a boastful way. When I say that my girlfriends are the best, I say it because they deserve credit for the amazing ways in which they show up in the world. And I've said this before, but it bears repeating again. I wish that everyone could feel what it feels like to be supported by them. I've joked in the past that I want to take all of the text messages that we've sent to each other during hard times, turn them into a book, and title it How to Friend 101. So my topic for today's podcast was sparked by a text chain. But in order to explain what it is that I'm trying to get at, you also have to understand that it has taken years to cultivate this type of friendship. It's required each of us to do our own work, to issue many apologies, and also to set very clear boundaries with one another. We share things with one another that many people might keep to themselves for years. But the reason why we're able to do that is because we've all created a sense of safety with one another and we respect it. So because of that, during today's episode, I will only be sharing my own reframes of what success looks like. I would love to share all of their wins as well, because they are doing amazing, difficult, and challenging things in the world. And if you were to hear about what they're doing, you would definitely want to start doing it for yourself. But those aren't my stories to tell. However, I'm fairly certain that as you listen, you're going to be able to find yourself within these examples. And that's my hope is that by the end of this episode, you're going to define success on a micro level. And also that you will start seeking success in the wins that literally no one is going to see. Okay, so if you're a listener of this podcast, chances are that you are probably one or more of the following, either an overachiever, perfectionist, people pleaser, a go-getter, someone who always raises the bar, or someone who always feels like they need to be striving for more, You are definitely the catch-all at your properties, and people would consider you reliable. Now, for those of you who resonate with the overachievement category, there are clear indicators of our wins, right? First of all, we basically get a monthly report card at the end of every month end, and everyone gets to see that report card. Everyone from supervisors to VPs, asset managers, ownership groups, you name it. Second, depending on the size of company that you work for, there might be um, an annual award ceremony that you could be considered for. And third, if you are involved in any industry organizations or associations, there's definitely an annual award ceremony where you could be recognized for your skills or your contributions to the industry. Now, especially as it pertains to award ceremonies, that's an outward display of recognition. They're going to put your name on a plaque or engrave it onto a trophy somewhere. You might be given a bonus. You might be given a promotion. These types of mile markers of success are easy to gauge. In these instances, there is a clear indicator that says, 
this person did a good job. When I first entered the industry, I will be very transparent and admit that external validation was a huge driver for me. I'll never forget the first time I attended the MHA Maddox Gala. I got it in my head that night that I was going to win one of those shiny pieces of glass. And I did. Twice. But I can also tell you that along the way to getting that shiny piece of glass, my health, both physically and mentally, my health was suffering greatly. I was overweight. I certainly did not have great emotional regulation skills. I sure as hell did not know what a boundary was. And I definitely was not aware that I could use the word no without having to explain myself. I kept believing that happiness was on the other side of the next award or of the next half marathon or the next property of the next step in my relationship or in the next step of home ownership in the next, in the next, in the next. As humans, we're social creatures. And so historically, we have used our achievements as a way to allow society to assign us a value. Now, this is a very useful thing when it comes down to evaluating who might be a good fit for a job. But this is horrible when we're using it to determine a person's worth, because all humans are worthy. Depending on the achievement, we can also associate and or imagine the hard work that it took to reach the goal. All right. So for example, if you graduate from medical school, you usually don't have to explain to someone that it was difficult, competitive, and challenging. So awards, designations, these are great from the standpoint that they give us a visible way of showing appreciation for someone's hard work. But there are so many things that we do that are hard and challenging that no one will see. And this is where my girlfriend started sparking the conversation. We started celebrating the micro moments that no one sees. So examples of this would be the times that I was upset with my partner, but was able to voice an opinion without raising my voice. Or all of the times that I sent out proposals to property management associations that got turned down. Or all of the times that I decided to journal or meditate instead of eating my feelings. Of all the times I had a foot in mouth moment and got the courage to say I was wrong. Or all the times that I simply felt insecure and needed a place to lay down this hard exterior that I can present to the world. Or all of the times that I was pressured to drink in social settings and chose not to, despite the fear that everyone would think I was weird or believe that I thought I was better than them. My friends celebrated those moments with me. It's in these moments in the world where we fight the old ways that we used to show up and start to replace them with new ways. I think sometimes when we think about changing habits that we know will be good for us, we can oftentimes imagine that those choices are going to feel good, and they will eventually, but definitely not at first. I can tell you this, while I was in the process of trying to lose 30 pounds, learning what it meant to sit with a craving and actually feel my feelings instead of eat them, that was just as difficult as the summer that our CapEx projects included re-roofing, re-siting, and re-landscaping 34 buildings all at the same time. But here's the thing. At the end of that summer, I got to drive through the property and see all of the new plants, all of the new roofs, all of the beautiful siting, 
there was something physical to show for that hard work. But there's nothing tangible to prove that you learned how to feel your feelings. There is no award and there is no plaque given to you for choosing your health over your desire. If any of you out there have ever overreactive or been passive aggressive, then this is equally as important for you. I can fully admit that I haven't always been the most emotionally mature person for reasons that we will explore in another episode on a date much later down the line. But I haven't always been the best at responding. I'm typically a reactor. So the first few times that I was able to use the tools that I learned in order to regulate my emotional state in the moment, those moments were huge for me. It's like that feeling that a little kid has when they finally learn how to balance on a bicycle and they're screaming, hey, mom, look at me, I'm doing it. That's exactly how I felt. There was one day in particular, I remember I was upset about a decision that was made. And my typical pattern would be to say nothing for a day or two, let my emotions bottle up, and then lose my shit two days later. But that day, something clicked inside me that said, hey, Anna, this is going to be uncomfortable either way. So let's cut out the whole two days of passive aggressiveness and just get it over with. And I did. I took a minute in my bedroom to breathe and collect my thoughts. And I picked up the phone and I said what I needed to say. And then I went right back down to my bedroom to take a minute to breathe and calm my nervous system. And once I did that, I immediately texted my girlfriends and said, hey, I just gave my feedback without losing my shit, despite all of the rage inside of me. And I was greeted with memes, gifts, and celebration all around. Listen, we should be popping champagne bottles when we overwrite years of poor communication habits. That shit is difficult. But here's the thing. Society expects you to keep your cool. So you aren't applauded for it when you do, despite how ridiculously challenging it can be at times. I am blessed to have a group of friends who do not fault me for my flaws, but rather they help me see them within myself from a place of non-judgment so that I feel empowered to change instead of being ashamed for who I am. The challenge of celebrating these small micro wins is that some of these wins are the things that you are just expected to do. If you've grown up in a Christian household, you may have heard the Bible phrase that says, if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek also. Or maybe you have heard the phrase, kill them with kindness. And these phrases can be interpreted as an invitation to meet anger with love. It could also be an invitation to choose your battles wisely. And I get it. I hear it. It sounds nice on the outside. But when you're in the heat of a moment where a resident is losing their shit and calling you every name in the book to your face, it takes energy, concentration, and a solid dose of willpower to keep your cool. And you have to, because not doing so can be interpreted as a lack of professionalism unless it's done in a very tactful way. Listen, I think it's amazing we can sit and pour through the details of spreadsheets all afternoon, but sometimes the hardest task of the day is simply not losing our shit. I'm here to tell you that you need to celebrate those small moments far more than you celebrate the big accolades. 
In our group coaching sessions, I start every session by discussing our wins, and this is intentional. What we want to do is harness the power of our reticular activating system, all right? So if you don't know what that is, as humans, we have hundreds of thousands of variables around us at all times. Our brains cannot process all of that information at once, so it uses its reticular activating system to filter out what it wants to see. If you have ever been looking for a car and started gaining an interest in a specific make and model, and then you start to notice that same make and model everywhere, or you start noticing more advertisements for that car, that is your reticular activating system at work. You essentially told your brain that this particular car is important to you, and so your brain started filtering its processes so that you could focus on it and see more of it. We want to do the exact same here, but with our wins. We want to consciously tell our brain to start seeking out what is working. We want to stack the evidence that we can make these changes that we want to see. Again, if you consider yourself a people pleaser, perfectionist, or overachiever, you're probably predisposed to seek out what's not working and or what's wrong. And there's certainly value in doing that. But if someone has ever told you that you're sometimes too hard on yourself, then celebrating your small wins might be something for you to incorporate into your daily routine. I have this habit tracker that I have been filling out for years, and every day I write at least one small win or something that I'm grateful for. And this practice has completely changed the filter through which I see the world. On the days that I'm really just having a rough go of it, I love that I can look back on that sheet and remind myself of what I'm capable of. I celebrate wins, big and small. For example, when I am training for a race, sometimes the win is that I didn't give up or I didn't slow down during a certain interval, that I hung in the fight. Other times, my wins relate to my relationship with food. For example, I've been trying to do a better job of eating to satisfy hunger, and that means that when I'm in social settings, that I want to consciously serve up one plate and not go back for seconds. Again, I'm not getting an award for this by any means, but it's an uncomfortable choice to make. Some of my favorite invisible wins have been within difficult conversations. Over the years, I've learned the ways in which I shut down or get defensive. Instead, when I notice that I want to shut down, I focus on calming my nervous system so that I can hang in the conversation just a little longer. Or when I notice that I'm starting to get defensive, I try to get myself to flip into asking questions so that I can try to understand the other person instead of focusing on trying to convince them. I definitely don't do this perfectly every time, and I sure as hell don't get any awards when I do it right. Another small win that I'm trying to celebrate on the regular is managing distractions. It is so tempting to quit working on reports when I can see emails piling up in my inbox. It'd be so much easier to just go and answer all of the emails, but I love having integrity with myself. I love challenging myself to follow through with doing what I said I was going to do at the time I said that I would get it done. It does not feel good in the moment, but this has saved me from having to work past 8 p.m. So to me, this is the stuff of life, these moments where we're fighting ourselves internally. So to whoever you are listening, I am celebrating your wins, not the wins where you get awards, 
but the invisible winds that no one ever sees. These tiny little winds are not tiny at all. And I'm sorry that no one will fully understand just how hard that was for you. Truly, it sucks. But if you want to celebrate it, I am here to celebrate with you. Until next time, my friends, thank you for listening. Thank you for coming back each week. If this podcast is helping you in any way, it would mean the world if you could do two simple things for me, both of which are completely free. Number one, share this podcast with a fellow property manager. Number two, write a review on Apple Podcasts. This helps others find the show, and I greatly appreciate hearing any feedback that you have to share. That said, if you have any small wins to celebrate, email us. I would love to hear about it. If you want to learn more about Addicted to Busy, check out the website at anahabliana.com. That's A-N-N-A-J-A-V as in victory, E-L-L-A-N-A.com. I love you. Keep going. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Addicted to Busy. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. This helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode.